Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Anyway, now, here's a thing. It's It's 20 to 6 in the evening. Have you had your meal for this evening? I have. Have you? I have. Right. I haven't. I'm quite hungry. Oh. Um, I was quite hungry when I was um, looking through social media yesterday afternoon <laughs> and something cropped up and I was like, what is that? So I've gone down a rabbit hole about food. Oh, lovely. I'm yeah. glad I've eaten then. That's good. Yeah. Well, no, because I could be inspiring you to eat to, more. Um, just, yeah, even more. Oh, no. Not only did I find a cookery book titled A Plain Cookery a plain cookery Book for the Working Classes. Oh, excellent. Written by Charles Elmay Francatelli. Um, he was... Oh, he was... Um, Elizabeth, uh, Victorian Francatelli. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a cook for the Queen. Yeah. But he's written a book for working classes. So I thought Have that was quite seen Victoria? The TV series Victoria? No. Oh, the, the Frank Telly's a character in Victoria, the one with Jenna Coleman playing Queen Victoria. Oh, no, no, we haven't. No, I haven't seen it. I don't think Stuart. No, I haven't seen it. I think I wanted to see it, but I haven't had the time to commit to it. Well, there you go. Well remembered. Frank Telly wrote a book for the working classes. That was nice. Okay. Um, anyway, so then I went down a rabbit hole looking at old food, old recipes. Okay. The light's gone out. Look, I'm in my office. Do that again. Zoom again, listener, if you can't tell from the sound quality. And yeah, the background noise away. of my home. <laughs> yeah, scoot it away, scoot it back. So, one of the oldest recipes ever from 6000 BC. No. Originally, 6000 BC, originating in the UK. Nettle pudding. Nettle pudding? Yes. How do they know the recipe then? Because presumably it wasn't written down? Well, I don't know. But in the same way that they can look at a little piece of pottery and know that it was three foot tall and it was used for carrying water. So don't challenge me. Challenge the historians, (laughs) right? Okay. Nettle pudding, sorrel, watercress, dandelion leaves, nettle leaves, flour, flour, and chives. Flour as in the white powder, not as a flour. No, as it, no, not, I don't think it's dandelion flour. No, I think it's flour. A very thick, light, mousse-like dessert made from nettles, milk, and eggs. In the 18th century... It was a staple diet of of the English. And it turns out it was quite nutritious because it was packed with vitamin C, iron and magnesium. I can imagine. Well, I have had nettles. I've picked nettles and I've cooked with them. I made like a nettle frittata. A nettle soup is quite a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I've done that. They lose their sting, I believe. Anyway, that's, that's what they're saying. Another old recipe 
invented in 1381. Frumenty or frumenty. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, wait, wait till you hear the ingredients. Eggs, almonds, currants, sugar, saffron and orange flower water. It's a type of medieval porridge made from boiled wheat, eaten in the Middle Ages in France and England. Um, could be made with honey, spices and raisins if you've got them, and then they, it would serve as a dessert. That and it was quite nice. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Also a popular food for Lent, as it was considered a fasting food. I don't know what is the definition of a fasting food. No, nor me. That um, doesn't sound very fasty. No, um unleaven I, I don't know i don't know anyway you know that you have a pancakes to get rid of the stuff um before is it around lent so that you get rid of butter sugar i don't know you get i thought pancakes were designed to get rid of stuff before mm. you go into the period yeah. of lent i don't know yeah don't Can you know. with me for do... one second? I just yeah. need to remind my family that I'm recording. There. They're having a conversation right outside the door. Oh, yeah, good for yeah. it. Okay, yeah. just bear with me for one second. If you're lucky, you'll get to hear me having that conversation. Are you going to edit this out to the podcast? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, here I am. My family suitably chastened, not. Well, I couldn't hear a thing, and I was I was sat here giggling, waiting for the. <laughs> hear that? So... Yeah, that'll come next because I've just heard the door open again, and they're walking past the. There's two oh. doors between me and where they could be, but somehow they're all standing behind the one door where I am. Are they, like are they all cats? Because I've got a cat like that. Whatever room I'm in, it wants to be. Just outside the door, scratching to come in. <laughs> but then when you let it in, it wants to go out. Exactly, exactly. Okay, exactly. continue with the food. I'll go back to food. Right, okay. Um, some you might have heard of. Have you heard of stargazy pie? I have, and I've got a horrible feeling. It's got a fish in it looking up to the sky. Is it a fish? Yeah, it's got fish, fish heads head sticking out of it. Yeah, Cornish. Yeah, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, the uh, the heads were left poking out to reassure the hungry villagers that there was fish in the pie. Or a um, fish head in the pie. Yeah. Yes. At least the fish heads. Yes. Yeah. So stargazy pie, Cornish. What about a Bedfordshire clanger? A clanger? It rings a vague bell, but I don't think I could describe it. Go on. It's an elongated suet dumpling similar to a pasty with a savoury filling at one end and a sweet filling at the other. So it's, it's a bit like a pasty. Um, and you normally would mark the top of the clanger to show which end had got the, which end was the sweet end so you didn't eat your pudding first. Okay, so like a suet um, jam roly-poly type thing? No, more like a pasty. It's like a, a suet pasty, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you normally, we hear this a lot about pasties in general. You normally wouldn't eat the crust because that would be the handle because your hands would be dirty. But how true that was. I think if you were really hungry, you wouldn't really care about how dirty you, you your You would eat were. it even with a bit of dust on yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I've got another one for you. Go on then. Uh, Cockentrice. No, not a clue. 
right right the, i only know this word because um giles corran and sue perkins did a series some series of programs a number of years ago now about the food that people ate at different times okay and so what they did was they take their they do their like blood sugar and weight and all sorts of things and then they'd live on this diet for a week and then they'd um and then they do their obs again and see how they changed. But one of the things that they talked about in this was a cock and tree. Basically, it's a bit like a cut and shut. It's a suckling pig's upper body sewn on to the bottom half of a capon or a turkey. Oh. No, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> I can't get my head around that. And it, it begs the question, why? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They also used to use um, other animal combinations. Okay. So I think it was, I think partly it was that the front end of the pig didn't get eaten um, and the back end of it tended to. So it was a way of then cooking the front end and not wasting so much. And looking a bit um, fancy maybe? Was it Was it for show or? Well, yes, I think it probably, it was, it originates from the Middle Ages um, and the the Tudors um, probably ate it as well, but so I think it would be a, a bit like a boar's head, you know, which was sort of brought in and paraded around the room. So I think a cock and trace had that same um, opulence to it and a bit of showmanship, I guess. Uh, and then I got one. Well, I got two more for you. Clap shot. Do you know what clap shot is? Hmm. Again, it rings a bell, but I couldn't describe it under pressure. It's one of the under, the, under pressure. Do you feel pressurised? Yeah. What is it? What is it? Like mastermind this. <laughs> yes. Your, your, yeah, your general knowledge. Uh, Clapshot is one of the many um, sort of potato and turnipy mash things. Oh, yeah, like punch mipe you have in some Yeah, areas. exactly, exactly. So clapshot is swede and potato, or neeps and tatties as it's sometimes known. Okay. Um, and the reason that I know that is because I used to have a cat called Haggis and a cat called Clapshot. Oh, excellent. There you oh, go. And, and That's a great name for a cat. Haggis and Clapshot. Haggis was ginger, Clapshot was black. Um, yeah, anyway. And finally, one of the reasons why I went down this whole rabbit hole in the first place was panna colti. I was like, what's that? Never heard of it. Basically, it sounds like it's a cottage pie. It's um, it's from the northeast. It's onions, meat and potatoes layered and cooked slowly. You might put carrots or parsnips in it. So it's a bit like a, a hot pot, a cottage pie, you know, they those types of things so basically it's potato meat and carrot but i've never the heard staples, of it before. really yeah 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 panna colti. so if you given that you're a vegetarian and almost all of those involve meat of some sort apart from the nettle pudding you could have that like i say i've eaten tonight yeah otherwise Feel free to, to knock something up out of that list for your evening meal, Heather. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So there you go. That's uh, that was that was my um, wander down a rabbit hole. I know that there are loads of other things um, that 
have got strange names. You know, like bread rolls are called different things in different oh, parts God. of the country. Cobs and bars and spats and buns and all of that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. That's my yeah. thing for this week. If, if we went down the, what do you call a bread roll rabbit hole, I don't think we'd ever get out. No. It's no. a bottomless pit. Yes, yes. And ultimately, all you want is a bread product that is appropriately shaped and sized to put whatever it is you want to put inside it. Yes, yeah, to deliver whatever. <laughs> to yeah, it's, yeah, it's like um, my husband, Stuart, says that uh, lettuce is a dressing delivery mechanism. <laughs> That's the only reason you eat lettuce is to get the salad dressing in your mouth. Okay. So bread is a ham, cheese, whatever delivery mechanism. <laughs> okay so now here's the thing from me how about why time goes faster as we get older always fascinated me in fact i even had an analogy for it i called it the helper skelter of life oh gosh okay because okay you know you're at the top of a helter skelter you're on your mat and you're pushing yourself off to go but you have to yeah. keep pushing yourself and you want to go faster you want to get to the yeah. bottom and you go faster and you push yourself off and off you go. But then as you start to get towards the bottom, you realise you're going a bit quick. And that if you're not careful, you're going to land with a plop on your backside at the bottom. So you start to like try and slow it down by putting your feet on the edge of the helter-skelter. That's how I feel time progresses as you get older. That is a very good analogy. It's mine. I, I, I'm going to copyright that. Okay, I won't, I won't mention it ever again outside of these, uh, outside of this podcast. Oh yeah, then millions of people are going to hear it. So my secret's out, isn't it? <laughs> so I, it plays on my mind quite a bit, and we've just got through January, where people are saying, "Oh, you know, January the nine-week month, etc." Yeah, so it is. Yeah. It's very relative, and I, even Einstein thought it was relative. Um, time is relative because it slows down due to gravity and acceleration. But time is relative according to where you're experiencing it as well. And it's such a common phenomenon that people say that as they get older, it seems that things are going faster. Would you yeah. agree? Yes, so I would. I had a, a quick look at some different theories behind why this is the case. I do think we're just on a health skelter. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that that is science, as far as I'm. Concerned. On one of those itchy mats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm just waiting for that bit where you plop out at the bottom and scuff your backside on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's all going to end, Heather. As we you say again and again. <laughs> so, um, I had a quick look on psychology today, and they're talking about some some ideas as to why this might be the case. And some people have said is because um, for a 10-year-old, for example, one year represents 10% of their life. And for a 50-year-old, it's less than 2% of their life. And so you, the context in which you experience it has changed. So one year yeah. seems to drag because in the context of what they've already lived, it's quite a big section. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. Once you're over 50, that year does seem to go awfully quickly. Then if you dig into the science a bit more, there's another hypothesis that young children have faster heart rates and faster breathing rates than adults. And so their brains 
electrophysical undulations occur faster as well. So it's a bit like a pacemaker. So it's a brain pacemaker. And it slows as you get older. Your breathing slows, your heart rate slows, and your brain pacemaker. So that your internal sense of the passage of time changes. So if, if you're experiencing things more slowly, they will seem to happen more quickly. I think there was a, an example of it here, which was a bit like, um, oh, I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, there, there was another bit of an extension of the theory, and I found another bit of science that explained it a bit better than psychology today. Sorry, psychology today. But this was from brainsharpner.com. And this was from some research that was published in the European Review Journal. And they just talked about it being the difference between clock time and mind time. And it's the way that we process mental images. So that we process um, fewer mental images per second as we get older than we do as children. That explains why it's a bit like time lapse photography. If you take fewer photographs, you get through the time lapse quicker. Whereas oh. if you take more photographs, it takes longer to get through the time lapse. So it gives okay. you occasion as we slow down with our breathing and our heart rate and our our brain, our mind clock, then we're taking fewer images and so it just seems to be over and done with quicker. How does that sound as a theory? Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense when you describe it like that. The only thing is that there, presumably there has to be an element of, as you get older, you know you've got less time. Yeah, you, know, you do know, you do, you, you know, you know that I'm 56. You know, I haven't got another 56 years ahead of me. So, whereas when you're young, when you're 20, it's not unreasonable to expect that you'll have another 20 years ahead of you, maybe another 40 years ahead of you, maybe another 60 years ahead of you. So you aren't looking, you're not getting, um, there's more of the train in front of you than there is behind you. But as you get older, you're, you become more conscious that you're going to run out of train. Yeah. So that, do you then become more conscious of if time is being wasted? That, you, know, yeah, you want to use time more effectively really more I mean these are all um, hypotheses and my helter mm. skelter analogy is just as valid as all the others I'm fairly certain <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah absolutely no I agree I agree but it, I suppose it's a little bit like if you've got a can of oxygen right when it's full you know you can be quite complacent but then as it starts running out Chances are you start you start panicking and becoming more anxious, so you breathe in more. <laughs> so you you know you 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 end up running out of that thing that is so precious. So it's the other way around, though. So we breathe slower as we get older. Yeah, but if you're panicking, oh, true. <laughs> oh, the true. fact you've only got that much oxygen left is a little bit of a worry. Whereas you know when you've got a full tank, you're like, yeah, great, I can I can bimble around it for a while. Well, there's some great phrases uh, banded around here, including the sort of the, the the clock time and the mind time. How about yeah. temporal gear shift? That's good. Psychology today uses that phrase. Uh, subjective 
temporal gear shift. Wow. And, and they use this in the in the context of a paragraph that says um, that it could be to do with the fact that the size and complexity of our brain's neural networks increase because we're having to store more things that we've learned along yeah. the way. Yeah. And so it takes longer for the electrochemical signals to go across the distances and to go through more pathways. And that slows down the signal processing. Maybe. Yeah. So um Aging can cause nerves to uh, become damaged. And so then that can also slow down the processing of signals. So it, although the experience is quicker, what they're saying is because of that slow processing, it, it feels quicker in the same okay. way the time-lapse video. You take yeah, fewer yeah. pictures and, and hence it you're over and done with quicker. So what, right, okay. So I wonder then what happens you know, when you're on holiday, the time goes really quickly. And when you're at work, the time goes really slowly. <laughs> what? Or when you're a kid and it's Christmas morning and, you know, you're not allowed to wake up until seven o'clock. Those three hours from 4 a.m. to seven o'clock go on forever. Whereas, yeah, well, when you're an adult, you just sleep through them. But oh, what? I remember, like, so, like I, I can still feel it in my body now. The pain of sitting through a double Latin lesson on a Friday afternoon. And that was physically painful because I was yeah. so bored with it and it seemed to go on forever to the extent that I still feel it physically now in my in my sort of solar plexus area. It's like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, and what is it? Is that, is that just boredom or is it? Yeah, I didn't look that up. So I just looked up about aging, not about boredom. But yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to go and look up boredom <laughs> instead. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is, um, um, and and I think this is quite common, particularly um, when we're trying to recall things that should be really obvious, like why did I go up the stairs? Why did I come in this room? Um, which which happens more and more frequently these days. Yes. Um, yeah. And and the researcher on this uh, paper says that people are often amazed at how much they remember from days that seem to last forever in their youth. It's not that their experiences were much deeper and more meaningful. It's just that they were being processed more quickly. So you've got more data on it. You've got more, more to remember. Yeah. More photographs of it so that it yeah. it does appear richer and fuller. I don't know that that's just theory. And I think it could could all be just down to timey-wimey things. And it just Everybody's, Everybody says as you get older, the years go by faster. Um, I, 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 the Helsa thing is, is, is a genius because that is, that is exactly, you just want to start, you want to go fast, but then you want to put the brakes on. Yeah. You don't want it to end. Yes, just like this podcast, Heather. Yes, yeah. Zoom is telling me that we're we're um, running out of time unless I upgrade to Pro. And again, I haven't used your Zoom, which is Pro, but there we go. At least it stops us talking for too long. Yeah, which you know, you know we're not very good at actually. We're we're quite good curtailing our conversation. I've noticed that the screen keeps freezing. 
So at the moment, it looks like you're putting two things up to me to um, <laughs> Damn tell me to go away. Else. I've just been sat here with my visa all the way through that. Yeah. I think it's frozen. <laughs> no, I'm just being rude. <laughs> now Here's the Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air. <laughs> <laughs>